Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of our Arthritis at Home program. My name is Maya, and I'm the program coordinator at Arthritis Consumer Experts. I am so happy to be joined today by Kelsey Kamestic to discuss her experiences in university while living with inflammatory arthritis. Kelsey was diagnosed with polyarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis, also known as JIA, when she was 14 years old, in almost 30 joints. At the time, she was a competitive dancer. After her diagnosis, she performed on a salsa team for four years. Kelsey is currently completing her Master's of Science and Medical School at the University of Calgary and Alberta Children's Hospital, with the goal of becoming a pediatric rheumatologist in the future. She is an active volunteer with the Arthritis Society as well as Cassie and Friends. She's the national leader for the Teen Arthritis and Auto-Inflammatory Group with Cassie and Friends. She's also a JIA blogger and a mentor for JIA patients and families. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me here today. It is our pleasure. So first of all, um, I would love it if you could tell us a bit about your recent transition into medical school. What has this experience been like during a pandemic and living with arthritis? Absolutely. So I started medical school two weeks ago at the University of Calgary and our classes have been all over Zoom because of COVID-19 and admittedly I was very nervous to start school. Um, my first week I needed to have a steroid joint injection in my wrist and I was really anxious about how I was going to manage the course load with medical school as well as my appointments and manage my health and I think it was clear very early on after talking to administration that the environment at medical school is so supportive for individuals who have a chronic illness and managing my appointments is clearly not going to be an issue at all moving forwards. And that was really nice to see kind of after that first week. And then in regards to kind of managing the course load with my symptoms, some other questions I had was, how was I going to take notes when I have classes from 8.30 to 5.30? Um, my arthritis impacts my fingers and my wrists. And I've now kind of figured out how to properly type my notes during lectures. And the nice thing with the Zoom classes actually is that they're recording the majority of our lectures and posting the PowerPoint slides. So I've actually found that that's been a lot easier on my joints because we don't have the limitations of one, either missing classes for appointments and not being able to view the lecture. And two, I can also take notes at my own pace and go back and rewatch the lectures when I need it. So that's actually been um, a positive to starting medical school online at the moment. And the last concern that I had was how I was going to manage my personal health. I experienced uh, significant fatigue with my disease as well as pain, limited range of motion, stiffness, and I wasn't sure what it would be like having classes from 8.30 in the morning till 5.30 with um, just about a half an hour to an hour lunch break each day. But so far, it's actually been okay. I think I'm so excited to learn the, the content that it doesn't really feel like work. And because it's on Zoom, I'm able to pause the camera, stand up and stretch, take a quick break. Um, not being on campus, I'm able to work out on my lunch breaks or go for a walk. I seem to actually have a little bit more time. So, so far, it's, I'm managing okay. Nice. That's so great to hear. Great to hear that, um, it's, that it's a supportive environment and that it's been a positive experience so far. Very supportive. And 
in addition to um, the school supports, I've also noticed that my classmates are incredibly supportive. We've had very open and interactive discussions regarding individuals with disabilities as already. We have our own group for communication where I've actually connected with some other students who have chronic illness in our class. And we've made our own little support group to help each other throughout medical school. And I feel like that's a very unique experience that I didn't have in my undergraduate or graduate degrees. So the peer support aspect is, is really nice as well. ACE actually recently wrote an article about the challenges of advocating for oneself in post-secondary school. We focused on online classes, but the same sort of issues apply to in-person classes as well. Um, so I was wondering if you have ever faced self-advocacy challenges at any point during your academic career. I have, I have. So starting right from the beginning of university, I registered with the Accessibility Centre at the University of Calgary, which is our centre that registers with the university and provides the accommodations that you need during your classes. And starting right from the first week of class, you have to meet with the Accessibility Centre to write those accommodations and give a letter of those accommodations to your professor. So immediately I was having to have those conversations with my professors and explain my disease and accommodations that I have to require. Most professors I found were very understanding and willing to work with me. However, there's also very strict policies in the university in regards to absences, especially during exams. And I did have some professors who were not as understanding. Um, one example being when I was scheduled to have wrist surgery, one professor was unwilling to let me reschedule the exam. And I actually had to kind of advocate for myself in that situation. and look into who I needed to talk to so that I was able to have this surgery and still succeed um, in that course. That sounds really challenging and I know for some students even like with my own experience those those negative experiences it can be tough to like get back up from that it can sort of discourage you make you feel more nervous than talking to professors in the future so how did you like overcome these challenges? So I think for me, my experience with professors is that it's mainly their limited awareness of what inflammatory arthritis is and what the symptoms are associated with it. And I find that when I have frequent communication with them and keep them up to date throughout the course, that really helps with needing to advocate for potential issues down the line. So for example, before I need surgery or before I have an appointment coming up, I make sure that I've already had that conversation with my professor about my disease and that they understand the accommodations that I need. And then if an unexpected event comes up or an appointment and I need the lecture notes or I'm going to have an absence, it doesn't come to a surprise, a surprise to them. So I think that piece is really important. And then also just understanding your, your rights as a student who does have a chronic illness or a disability there are so many accommodations available for you throughout your undergraduate post-secondary education and they're also available throughout elementary to high school accessing those resources and just learning more about them can be extremely beneficial to your academic success so i'd really encourage any other patients who are entering post-secondary to reach out to the accessibility center have that conversation with your physician or with your physio or occupational therapist, so you can learn more about them. And even if you don't need them on that day, make sure you have them because there are going to be days when you're having a bad pain day or you have an unexpected importance. And it's really helpful when you have those accommodations in place. That's so true. And I feel like it goes for 
um, all aspects of our disease journeys to have like these skills, these accommodations, this like toolkit to use when you need it. So that, yeah, that's really great. Um, so the self-advocacy skills that you have today that you've been talking about, was it sort of developed just through practice over the years or was there like resources or organizations that helped you develop those self-advocacy skills? I think a lot of it does come from personal experience. I'm 25 now and I was diagnosed when I was 14. So I've had many years to um, develop these self-advocacy skills. However, I do think that becoming involved with organizations like the Arthritis Society or Cassie and Friends also provides the opportunity for you to connect with peers as well as other experts in the field who can provide you some of those tips. I don't think I would have been aware of the scholarships that are available for students who have arthritis if I hadn't had those conversations or learned about the little tips and tricks like getting access to writing your tests on a computer, having extra time on tests, using a laptop, Oh, there's so many. Um, using electronic notebooks, having two lockers. I had three um, parking permits on campus, so I didn't have to walk around as much. So I think it's also really important to get involved with your community and just remember that you don't have to do this by yourself. And there is a lot of incredible resources out there if you look online and, and reach out to your peers. Thank you for emphasizing that. And um, after this interview, actually, we'll link um, some of those resources and actually the scholarships as well. I was wondering if you could um, now sort of give any tips for balancing disease management, school, and your personal life and well-being. I think for me, my values and kind of philosophy towards managing a chronic disease has always been that a chronic disease does not define your life and that it shouldn't limit what you want to accomplish or your goals or your career choice or anything. Maybe I'm a little bit stubborn, but I firmly stand by that. And I think we need to be aware that we do have certain limitations and barriers that we are going to experience having a chronic disease. It's not easy, but as soon as you are aware of those, you can actively work towards managing those limitations. So in regards to school, I knew that taking a full course load would be demanding, especially when I have as many appointments as I do and when I have flares or when I'm not feeling well. So just recognizing that and instead of kind of just like sitting on that information and getting down about it and getting frustrated about it, I'm like, okay, let's make a plan. What can I do? And that's where the accessibility center came in. That's where I looked at my schedule and I recognize, I was like, okay, other students may want to start the classes at 8 a.m., but I have severe fatigue, especially in the morning, and morning stiffness, so that might not be the best idea. So planning your schedule to start later in the day, giving yourself a day off in your schedule, especially in your undergraduate degree, if you can schedule it so you have time for those appointments, and really just staying on top of your studies. I think I've learned the importance of not procrastinating because there is so many unexpected appointments and flares that you can't plan for and learning how to manage the things that you can control and then letting go of the things that you can't would be really important. In regards to work, again, I think having those conversations, as I mentioned with professors, I would say that translates to your employees as well. Since I've started working, my employees from the day of my interview knew that I was diagnosed with arthritis. I think that's really benefited me because on days when I do have an unexpected joint injection or I have to go to the walking clinic, they're aware of that beforehand and they can support me with that. And it's 
minimizes the barrier to some extent. In regards to my social life, I also think it is incredibly important to maintain that balance between having, um, sorry, a work-life balance between your education, your school, and your social life. And I know for me, when I'm around my friends, that's, or my family, that's one of the things that can really bring me out of a slump when I'm not feeling well. So I always, even if I'm not feeling well, try my best to still go and meet up with my friends for our plans and really try to limit when I cancel on them. But again, going back to that communication piece, if I am having a bad day, my friends all know about my disease. They all know what my symptoms are and I can reach out to them and I can just be like, hey, you know what? Today I'm not feeling well. Do you mind if we reschedule? And they have been so great throughout my diagnosis. And usually I find like if we had plans to do something physically active, they'll be like, you know what? We're not going to do that, but I'll be over in 10 minutes and I'm bringing the popcorn and we watch a movie instead. So I think it's just about learning new ways to still live a life that brings you joy and fulfills you and just learning those coping mechanisms and well as that advocacy piece to still just live a life that you, you love and enjoy. And it sounds like communication is key. You've talked about communication with teachers, with employers, with friends. I know that friend piece can be like challenging as a young person with arthritis, sort of explaining it to other people your age. Um, it sounds like now, it sounds like your friends are super supportive and understanding, which is amazing. Um, what was that process like? Like, do you have any tips for other young people trying to talk to their friends, their peers? <laughs> So as I mentioned, I was diagnosed when I was 14 and I don't want to minimize that. Like as a teenager, one of your big, biggest concerns is being normal and you don't want to stand out from your peers. And it, it was hard being diagnosed with an illness and not having the energy to go out with my friends or experiencing certain medication side effects that people would point out to me and they would mention, like, for example, I was on steroids and people would comment, they'd be like, oh, your face is so swollen, what happened? And like, that's, that's hard to manage as a teenager. But I think part of growing up, people get more awareness about chronic illness, as well as other issues that people face. And it just, it gets easier as you get older. And I think some advice that my parents always gave me early on when I was diagnosed was that everyone has something, like for me, it's just arthritis, but everyone has something that they're going through. You just don't necessarily know it. And I think that's important to remember as well. I know many people are nervous about talking to their friends or their peers about their disease. And at the end of the day, you do have to decide what you're comfortable with. But in my experience, I have found that being open about my disease with my friends and with my peers has truly only benefited me. They are able to support me so much in my day-to-day -day life as well as throughout my education. And I'd really recommend that um, individuals who do have inflammatory arthritis try to shift their, their mindset from a fear of telling their friends out of concern for being bullied to the positive aspect of the support that you could gain by having um, a system that is aware of the additional support that, that you need. Um, you know, that actually brings us so well onto my next question, which is that where can youth with arthritis go to seek support? Because as, as you've said, and like you're not alone, there's, um, everybody has their own thing. And also a lot of other youth do have arthritis. They do, they do. So 
as I'm, as you mentioned um, at the beginning, I'm an active volunteer with the Arthritis Society as well in Cassie and Friends, which is a childhood arthritis and pediatric rheumatic disease um, nonprofit organization. And those are both great resources that other youth can go to if they're looking to um, meet other peers who are going through arthritis. I know for me, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know anyone that had arthritis and it was very isolating because there's certain experiences that you go through when you're learning to manage a chronic illness that your normal or healthy peers don't have to go through, such as learning how to manage your appointments or manage side effects and just the weight of being diagnosed with a chronic disease. So I'd really recommend getting involved in those communities. There's various volunteer opportunities, childhood arthritis camps. I know Cassie and Friends last week, we just did our first virtual youth panel. And on the 24th, we, 24th coming up, we have our virtual teen arthritis and auto-inflammatory group, which is something that's close to my heart. I co-founded the teen arthritis and auto-inflammatory group, also known as TEG. Um, a few years ago and have since collaborated with Cassie and Friends to expand it to six major city centers across Canada. So that is one example of an area that you go to meet teens, hopefully will be in person soon, but right now because it's virtual, we're able to connect teens across Canada. Um, this Friday, we're gonna be doing a virtual yoga and icebreaker event. Our cast event was a trivia event. And that's just a really great place to meet some other peers who are going through those similar experiences and just have those conversations. Just be like, oh, you were on methotrexate. I was on that. And just build that connection that you can always have outside of that environment. Mm -hmm. That's so important. And that sounds amazing. What is the age range for the tag group? Mm -hmm. So TAG is for youth ages 12 to 17 diagnosed with childhood arthritis as well as other pediatric rheumatic diseases. So if you are in between the ages of 12 and 17, please, please, please consider um, signing up for TAG. Even if you don't want to attend our events, you can get the emails and kind of make the decision from there. But I do think that's really important. And even to this day, some of my closest friends are individuals who are also managing a chronic disease. And it is so helpful to be able to call them when I'm having a bad day and have a conversation with someone who just completely understands what I'm going through. So I'd really encourage that you get involved in some capacity to really open up the doors to meeting other peers who have a chronic disease. Yeah, it's, it's a really special opportunity, and we're also going to link that. So uh, please, as, as Kelsey said, if you're between the ages of 12 and 17, click on the link, join the group. Is there any other process to registration, or is it pretty simple? Very simple. You can just send an email that's um, associated with your city. If you visit Cassie and Friends website, there's a link to join TAG there as well. They also have resources available for young adults, so please, please consider checking that out. Awesome. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for sharing your personal experiences and your expertise. Um, I cannot wait for you to become a pediatric rheumatologist and <laughs> keep spreading positivity and, um, and so much great insight that comes from uh, lived experience and also your academic experience now. Thank you so much for having me here today. It was our absolute pleasure. And um, for our viewers, if you're interested in following Kelsey's journey, getting more great tips and advice from her. She has a blog. Um, can you remind me what the name of your blog is? Uh, so on Instagram, it's at chronically Kelsey. Okay, great. 
Um, so thank you so much again, Kelsey, and thank you to our viewers for watching. If you have any feedback, please feel free to um, comment on our social media posts, and please tune in again for our next Arthritis at Home episode. Thank you.